If you brought your Bibles this morning, turn to 1 John 1 and James 1. 1 John 1 and James 1. We've been on this topic for some weeks now called Walking in the Light. Walking in the Light. 1 John 1 and 5. He said... uh, This then is the message which we have heard of him and declare unto you that God is light and in him is no darkness at all. Why don't you say that last phrase out loud? God is light and in him is no darkness at all. Thank you, Lord. He went on to say, if we say that we have fellowship with him and walk in darkness, we lie and do not the truth. Now, he didn't say we're uh, confused or we're mistaken or no, he said we're lying. What this means is we know better than the darkness we're walking in. He went on to say in verse 7, but if we walk in the light as he is in the light. We have fellowship one with another, and the blood of Jesus Christ, his son, cleanses us from all sin. Now let's just, let's stop right here. We have fellowship one with another refers to us and the Father. You can see that in the rest of the verse, and the blood of Jesus Christ, his son, whose son? The one we're having fellowship with. The one who is in the light. You see what we're saying? So, What does this mean we have fellowship? The Lord, our God, is total light. Well, he is total truth. Truth is light. Lies are darkness. Dishonesty, falseness, deception, deceit, that is darkness. But the light is truth. And uh, the Lord is light. He is truth. It is impossible for God to lie. There's no way he could ever be a partner to anything that's false or lie. Cannot be. So can you see this? If we say that we're fellowshipping with him, but we're walking in darkness, we're lying and not doing the truth. But if we walk in the light as he's in the light, we have fellowship one with the other. That means if you're walking in darkness, you're not having fellowship with him. Can you see this? That's he's contrasting it. Why? Because you're not walking in the light. If you're pretending with him, you can't fellowship with him. Are you here, friends? You cannot pretend with him and still have good fellowship. Because, you you know, you might fool some people and still have fellowship with them and them not know that you're pretending and lying and hiding. Impossible to do that with the Lord. He knows exactly what you see and don't see, what you know and don't know. And so you try to pretend with him and you're not fellowshipping with him anymore. Do you remember Jesus talked about people praying religiously instead of sincerely? He talked about the man that said, Oh God, I thank thee that I'm not like other men. I fast. I tithe. I do this. I do that. And the Lord said that he prayed thus with himself. (laughs) What does that mean? It means the Father is not in the conversation. The Bible said he does not regard vanity. You come to him shucking and jiving and blowing smoke. He does not even hear you. Why would he? He does not even hear you. You come praying a great big flowery prayer in front of other people trying to impress them. I hope you like it because it's just only for you. (laughs) You are just praying with yourself. What good is that? What kind of prayer is that? A lot of stuff that people do is religious and it's got no value, no merit at all. I don't care how flowery it sounds or if you can embroider it and hang it up on the wall. I don't care about it unless it works. Unless it's real. And God is real. 
And His Word works. And faith works. But you won't see things work playing games. If you're pretending and walking in darkness, you're not fellowshipping with Him. But if you'll walk in the light that you have, if you'll be honest, do what you know to do, don't do what you know you shouldn't do. Be sincere. Somebody say honest, 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 honest. I know I've said enough about it. Y'all may think that's my soapbox about being honest and not lying. But it's not just me. This is your God. He is this way. He hates a lie. And the devil is the father of lies, isn't he? And you get involved in that, you're involved in devilish stuff. You're yielding to the enemy. And it's not just don't lie, don't lie, tell the truth. It's We're talking about what it does to you when you partake of that and you get involved in that. You wind up, like we see in just a moment, being deceived. You wind up in a very bad place. How many know the scripture said what the truth will do for you? If you continue in his word, you'll be his disciples indeed. You'll know the truth. What will happen to you? What will happen to you? The truth will make you free. How many like the sound of being free? Well, if the truth will make you free, what do lies do? What does the opposite of the truth do to you? It's going to have the opposite effect on you. The truth lets you see and the truth makes you free. Lies blind and lies bind. So no, you don't want to be, you don't have anything to do with any dishonesty. The Bible said all things are open and naked before the eyes of him with whom we have to do. You got to get real with him. Or elsewise, you're not going to really fellowship with him. You got to walk in the light that you have. You got to do what you know. Or elsewise, you're talking, just praying with yourself and just talking and doing stuff with yourself and being religious, but you're not communing with God. Unless you're walking in the light you have, then You'll have fellowship. Come on, read that again. Maybe it'll mean more to us this time. Verse 7, if we walk in the light as he's in the light, we have fellowship one with another. And the blood of Jesus Christ, his son, cleanses us from all sin. Somebody say, thank you, Lord. If we say we have no sin, now that's when we're walking in darkness. We deceive ourselves and the truth's not in us. If we confess our sins, he's faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Even if you ignored the light that you had, even if you did mess up, you pretended and you yielded to pride and covered stuff and hid stuff. It's still not the end. You can confess it and get it straight and repent and he'll forgive you and he'll cleanse you. And now you're right back in the light. Now you're right back walking with him. And having unhindered, unrestricted fellowship with him. Go with me to James now. James chapter 1. Verse 22 he said, But be ye doers of the word, and not hearers only, deceiving your own selves. Deceiving your own selves. Verse 29 he brought that up again. If any man among you seem to be religious... And bridleth not his tongue, but does what? This is verse 26. I told you wrong. Verse 26. He bridles not his tongue, but he does what to himself? He deceives his own heart. This man's religion is vain. So he cautions us. We saw this in 1 John 1. We saw this twice now in James 1 about deceiving yourself. Deceiving yourself. How can you deceive yourself? By ignoring what you know is right and choosing something else that you know better. Now this is not a uh, an isolated few instances around the world. This is a gigantic problem. I know for years uh, I emphasized in the earlier days of our ministry that the big thing is Ignorance. People are ignorant. God's people are destroyed for a lack of knowledge. People just don't know. They don't know and they need to hear and find out. Well, there is a truth to that, but that's not the whole verse in Hosea 4.6. My people are destroyed for a lack of knowledge. The very next phrase says, because you have rejected knowledge. 
And one of the biggest issues is not just ignorance, but it is people pretending they don't know, acting like they don't see when they do. Go with me to John 3, please. Third chapter of John, verse 16. Jesus said, God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whoever believes in him should not perish but have everlasting life. For God sent not his son into the world to condemn the world, but that the world through him might be saved. Friends, let's be on our watch to not preach or teach or minister condemnation. Now you you have to be vigilant about this. Because it's the nature of selfish flesh and unrenewed mind to be judgmental. And all you got to do to be judgmental and critical is nothing. Just get up in the morning, say whatever hits you and crosses your mind. (laughs) And a lot of people even are self-righteous about it. They're condemning, 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 and they justify it with scriptures. But Jesus did not come into the world to condemn the world. And he knew and knows so much more about what people are doing and how messed up they are than we ever will. And yet he still didn't come to condemn. Did he? What did he come to do? But that the world might be saved. Through him might be saved. He that believes on him is not condemned. He that believes not is condemned already because he's not believed in the name of the only begotten Son of God. Why is he condemned? Because he saw it and had an opportunity to believe, but he didn't. And so as a result, he's condemned. He went on to say, this is the condemnation. That light is come into the world and men did what? I mean, I know it sounds unreasonable, but it's happening with people by the millions all all over the planet. Light is coming to the world, and men loved and chose darkness rather than light. Because their deeds were evil, they were in the darkness, doing dark things. And when the light showed up their darkness, instead of repenting and saying, I want to do what's right... They said, no, I don't want to see the light. I want to stay in the dark. Leave me alone. I want this. I like this. And this is the principal problem rather than ignorance. Are you with me, friends? I don't care who you're talking about, any person anywhere in the world. Somebody said, well, yeah, but so-and-so, I mean, they grew up and they're ten generation uh, idol worshipers. So they never really had a chance. Not true. I said, not true. We looked over at Romans where the Bible says the invisible things of God are clearly seen by what he made. Everybody that'll look up into the night sky, that'll look across the ocean uh, expanse, look across the mountain ranges, look at the beauty, even in, in its fallen condition, something inside tells you there's a creator. And you know it. <laughs> but the Bible went on to say, when, even when they knew that that was God, they didn't glorify him as God and they didn't want that to be it. And they chose to revere and worship the creation rather than the creator. But we can sure see a resurgence of that in the green movement. Now, granted, you know, let's don't see how quick we can mess everything up. Let's believe God for developments and, and to improve But no, the earth is not our mother. You see people, you know, I I like to watch some of these science uh, channels and history channel stuff sometimes. But it annoys me because they just keep on marveling about the creation. And I want to say, hey, somebody made that. What about him? (laughs) But they don't want to acknowledge that. They don't want to acknowledge that. And the thing is, it's not that they are just ignorant. They have chosen 
not to acknowledge and chosen to glorify and worship the creation instead of the creator. Not me. How about you? I worship the creator. The creator. I honor him. Now, just like people have chosen darkness, he went on to say, this is the condemnation. Light has come into the world and men love darkness rather than light because their deeds were evil. For everyone that does evil hates the light. Doesn't that sound strange that somebody would hate the light? All you got to see is Jesus. He is the light. And the light has come into the world. He came into his own. His own received him not. Did the leaders of his own people hate him and despise him? Did they scourge him and crucify him? He's light. He's the light that lightens every man that comes into the world. And they hated him. And their people hate him to this day. And the thing about it, I don't know if you, you know, maybe you don't like to think that much about it, but that Jesus said, if they hated me, they'll hate you. Hmm? And we're not to be shocked and surprised by it. The more like him we become, the brighter our light shines. Some people will love it. Others will hate it. We have to say, that's what the Bible said. Don't fall off your chair. Right? Don't think it's some strange thing. But what we talked about Friday, First uh, Peter talks about this. No, we should not be in such a case where uh, we're making no impact on the world round about us. Uh, when Paul came to town, you ever notice in the book of Acts? When Paul came to town, they had revival Amen. and riot. Didn't they? I mean, he didn't just come to town and nobody knew he was there. He didn't just come to town and hide in the hotel. He came to town. He preached the gospel. Bold. Somebody say bold. Bold. Y'all going to help me this morning? Say it out loud. Bold. 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 He preached the gospel. Bold. Cast out devils. Heal the sick. Raise the dead. Talked in tongues. And people got saved by the thousands. And they'd started church. Some of the churches are still there. But then other folk would come out of the woodwork. Gnashing their teeth. And pulling their hair. And throwing dirt in the air. Couldn't stand it. Now why would a man act that way? Some people paid their own way. To follow Paul around. And cause him problems. Now why would you, why in the world would you spend your own money? To follow somebody around and just talk bad about them and try to cause them a problem. You got to be devil inspired. <laughs> but you see what I'm saying? He wasn't just having no impact. So how many would like to see the light shine in your life and in this church and in these Amen. ministries brighter and brighter and brighter until you got to do something with it. You can't just ignore it. You're going to love it and go with it or you're going to hate it and talk bad about it. But you're going to do something. You can't just ignore it because it's too, too bright. It's too strong. It's too much there. That's Jesus. That's Paul. That's his church. We're apart. We're a part of the same. And the light is not supposed to be hid under a bushel. It's supposed to be set up on the candlestick. So everybody can see the light. Amen. Can you say amen? Go back to First John. The second chapter. First John. Chapter 2. Verse 3. He said hereby. We do know that we know him if we keep his commandments. He that says, I know him and keeps not his commandment is a liar and the truth is not in him. Well, now that sounds just like our text that you, uh, if you're walking in the darkness. Verse five, but whoso keepeth his word In him verily is the love of God perfected. Thereby know we that we are in him. Now see here he begins to talk about love. He was talking about walking in the light. Now he's talking about walking in love. How do these two connect? Down in verse 8. 
He said again, a new commandment I write to you, which thing is true in him and in you, because the darkness is past and the true light now shines. He that says he is in the light and hates his brother is in darkness even until now. He that loves his brother abides in the light and there's none occasion of stumbling in him. I want you to confess that first part of that verse right there. Say it out loud. He that loves his brother abides in the light. Now abide means to dwell, to stay, to live in. Are we talking about walking in the light in this series? Well, we don't just want to walk in the light once in a great while. We want to live there, stay there. And here he tells you how to stay in the light. How do you stay in the light? Love your brother. Love your brother. Now we know God is light. This same book, 1 John in the fourth chapter, says God is love. So if we're walking in the light, what else are we walking in? God, same God. God is light. The God who is light is love. So if I'm walking in the light, I'm walking in God. I'm walking in the truth. I'm walking in love. Now we need major mind renewal when it comes to the subject of love. You can see how it is How important is it? It's important as God. He's love. Not just he has some, he likes it. He is love. And the New Testament commandment is love. The. And so you can see faith works by love and and, and love never fails. And you can see this is the bedrock of our success. Being a child of God. You, no way you can be successful or have faith or receive or any of those things if you ignore love. You ignore love to your own peril. And so because of this, the devil has worked for generation after generation to muddy the waters and confuse people and pervert the very idea and concept and understanding of what love is. When you say love... Most people's mind don't immediately think God. They think a heart, maybe with an arrow, Valentine's Day, love. And there's such a a distorted concept of love until people are not walking in the light of real love. You know, you, much of the, the secular world and entertainment world, they use the, the term sex and love interchangeably. Sex is not love. Most people feel like, you know, think that feelings, emotion is love. No. God's not just an emotion. He's not just a feeling. Do you see what I'm saying? We need major mind renewal about what love even is. Tell me what love is. God is love. We we need to get rid of all this uh, world conformity about love. Go ahead and say it out loud. Say, Father God, God, teach me about yourself. yourself. Help me to get rid rid of these distorted convoluted ideas about love worldly ungodly ideas about love teach me what you are what love is actually the world has distorted love until it's made it selfish and don't even realize. People think it's a great thing to say, oh, I love you. The greatest kind of love is, I, I love you so much it hurts. <laughs> really? Painfully. I love you so much, I, 
I have to have you. I need you. I can't live without you. What's that got to do with loving them? That's you love what they do for you. You love how they make you feel. I love you. I need you. I love you. I can't live without you. That's not the God kind of love. That's selfish love. Love for yourself that any unborn again person can have. Do you see what I mean? How distorted and messed up this is? No. What is love? God so loved the world that he gave. The greatest expression of love is giving. Now, when we say giving, you have to qualify it because so much of what people call giving is actually trading or buying or bargaining. (laughs) Yeah, they gave you something, but they want something back and they'll get mad if it doesn't come. (laughs) Maybe they don't want exactly what they gave, but they want something. They want acknowledgement. They want appreciation. They want some kind of response. They want a place. They want something. But God, the true God love, the true God kind of giving is just giving because want to see you blessed. Want to see your need met. No strings. Somebody say no strings. No strings. No demands. No expectations or pull. What if the whole world operated like this? Wouldn't it be a wonderful Wonderful place. You're talking about heaven. I said you're talking about heaven. And that's where we're all headed. But did you know we can have days of heaven. Down here on the earth. We can't control the whole world. But we ought to have a pocket of heaven. In our church. And in our families. Right? Why? Where this God kind of love. Prevails. Over everything. Can you say glory to God? Now, I haven't digressed. Walking in this love is walking in light. Go with me. You, you were there in the uh, First John 2. He said, verse 10, He that loves his brother abides, stays, lives in the light. There's none occasion of stumbling in him. Now, th- this stumbling has the idea of, uh, if you notice, there are verses that re- refer to sin. And connection with stumbling. If you walk in love, your faith works by that love. If your faith's working, you're a receiver, you're a problem overcomer, and you're a God pleaser. Right? And if you're walking in love, you're not uh, hindering other people, and you're not sowing hurts and hindrances, so you're not reaping hurts and hindrances. And there's nothing in your path to impede you or trip you up. You're not making anybody else trip up. So you're not reaping any harvest of tripping up. Oh, come on. Can you see this? And instead of falling and being hurt and hurting others and confused and being confused, your path is getting brighter and brighter every day until the full day sun. You're full of joy because you got full fellowship with the Father. You and he are communing night and day. And didn't he say, this is why I'm giving you these commandments, that your joy may be full. Now, friend, when your joy is full, you don't need a bottle. You don't need a pill. Come on, you don't need to lie. You don't need to steal. I feel like preaching a little bit. Come on, Come on, can you see this? When your joy is full, you're happy, you're satisfied, and you're an overcomer because the joy of the Lord is your strength. So no matter what comes up against you, you resist every temptation, you overcome every test, you pass every test, you speak to the mountains and they get out of the way. Why? Because you're strong in the Lord. And in the power of his might. And it all comes back to loving your brother. Which is walking in the light. Can you see this? Where are you holding your place there? First John. Uh, 
Skip on over. You're in First John. Skip over to the third chapter. I'm not quite ready for that. <laughs> Go to Isaiah 58. Isaiah 58. Then I think we'll go over to Matthew 5. Then we'll see if we're ready for 1 John. Isaiah 58. Can you see that walking in the light is walking in love? I'm still moving too fast. Romans 13. <laughs> Go to Romans 13 at, at this moment. <laughs> Romans 13. I've never taught this exactly like this before. In fact, I studied half the night on something else <laughs> that I thought I was going to preach today. <laughs> and then the Lord changed me like that. So I said, yes, sir. Here we go. Praise God. <laughs> I know for years uh, the Lord would, I'd be speaking and preaching and the Lord would lead me, uh, you know, and I'd say, well, this is, a, uh, Brother Hagin used to say this all the time, side journey, you know, uh, and so he'd say sometimes he's helped us as much as the main thing. And then I'd say, well, you know, this is not my message, but, and then I'd spend half the time on it. And finally I said that about, you know, I don't know, a hundred times and and one day I said it again. I was preaching. I said, now this is not my message. But And the Lord interrupted me inside me. He said, son, if I say that's your message, that's your message. I thought, right. Exactly right. So, you know, we make our plans. We prepare. But then we just need to go with what he says. Right at the time. Now, that's not just for preachers. That's for you on Monday morning. And Saturday afternoon, yeah, you've made your plans, you've done, you might have already bought your tickets and paid this and made reservations. That doesn't mean it's set in concrete. Right. right? The Lord tells you to do something else, then you, you just change. In order to be led by the Spirit, you must be open and you must be flexible. You must be. Elsewise, you, you miss it. Mess up. Now you'll find if you'll, if you'll take the time, to stop and ask the Lord and check your heart before you make your plans. <laughs> You'll do a lot less backtracking and having to change. And it's as simple as this. Trust in the Lord with all of your heart. Don't lean to your own understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge him. And he shall direct thy paths. What does that mean? Everything that comes up, just stop and look to him and ask him. And check inside. Lord, what, what should I do about this? Not what you want to do, what he says. What he directs. And if you'll just stop and look and check. He, he's already told you, not he might, he will, he shall direct your path. I mean like the idea of he's, I shall direct your path. He said it, if you'll do the other part. Romans 13. 13, 8 says, Oh, no man anything. But to love one another. For he that loves another has fulfilled the law. I want you to read that out loud. He that loves another has fulfilled the law. Now he's talking about the Ten Commandments. He's talking about all the ordinances and statutes that were given in the Mosaic law and Levitical instruction. I mean the whole thing. You have fulfilled the whole thing when you love. Another. Not the world's idea of love. The real thing. The real love of God. Keep reading. For this you shall not commit adultery. You shall not kill. You shall not steal. You shall not bear false witness. You shall not covet. If there be any other commandment, it's briefly comprehended in this saying, namely, you shall love your neighbor as yourself. Proverbs 6, you don't have to turn there, but Proverbs 6.23 says, The commandment is a lamp, and the law is light. Now we're talking about walking in the light. The law that God gave, 
he mentions part of it right here, is light. But all that light is accomplished and walked in when you love somebody with the God kind of love. The the law is light. Light of what? Look at it again. He said, back back up uh, in, in Romans 13, verse 9. Romans 13, 9. He said, uh, well, verse 8. He that loves another has fulfilled the law. For you shall not commit adultery. That is light. You see, you got to remember when this was given. How people were living. And how some people are still living in different parts of the world today. They're, they're not even taught that adultery is wrong. People do things, dark, cruel things to each other. And their religion justifies it. But God is light. And in Him, there's no darkness at all. And when He gave the Ten Commandments and He gave the ordinances and statutes, they revealed what is good. And what is right. And what is light. And what is darkness. And if you'll notice. The revelation is how to love the Lord your God. With all your heart, soul, mind and strength. And how to love your neighbor. Right? You can sum it all up. By saying all the light of the Ten Commandments. And the whole law is summed up. It's not my words. This is Romans. It's summed up by loving another. Oh, come on, can you see this? You can walk in all the light of the word by loving your brother. Can you say glory to God? He said this, you shall not commit adultery. Love, even if you're attracted to that person's spouse, if you love them, you can't do it. Hmm? Now, if you love yourself and what you want more than you care about them, then you'll commit adultery. Now, people don't like it that plain and black and white. They, they like, well, you know, it just happened. No, it didn't just happen. No, it never just happens. You knew. And that's where the sin is, right? Is violation of what you know. And many, 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 many people have missed it in this area. And God will forgive you. And he'll cleanse you. But the problem is, people are not really repenting. They're crying and feeling bad because they got caught. But they're going to do it again next month. And all they're going to say is, well, I'm just a man. I'm weak. No, if the love of God is strong enough in you, you don't want to hurt that man. You don't want to hurt those kids. You don't want to hurt uh, th- that family. You know, anybody can be tempted. Anybody, I don't care what they say, anybody can be tempted. But if I was ever tempted by, you know, money or, or sex or any of those things, I think about my God. I don't want to hurt him. I think about my wife. I think about their spouse if they're married. I think about you. Are y'all with me or not? I think about you. You come in here. You've worked like a house of fire. You tithe. You give your money. You let your, 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 your uh, wives and your daughters and your sons work in here. How can I betray your confidence? How can I hurt you? Do you hear what I'm talking about? Now, this is not just preacher stuff. This is child of God stuff. I mean, you know, if you're not born again and you're full of darkness, well, we're not too surprised when you do stuff like this. But a child of God, I said the child of God has the love of God shed abroad in their heart by the Holy Ghost. And it makes you strong. And so you can choose. Temptations are real. And they can be very powerful. And you don't do yourself any favor by pretending they're not there. Or pretending you're not tempted and playing games. It's not a sin to be tempted. Jesus himself was tempted. Right? It's a sin to yield to the temptation. 
But how do you resist a temptation that is so strong that so many other people yield to? How can you resist when so many other people give in? Only one way. You got to love something else more. (laughs) Are y'all with me, saints? You got to love something else, somebody else, and something else more. And if you do, that'll be strong enough because nothing's more strong than the love of God. That'll be strong enough for you to say no to your flesh, for you to resist temptation, for you to control yourself. And we're talking about one area, but this is every area to control your mouth. Hmm? Some people have thought talking about love, they imagine that if you're really spiritual and you really walk into God kind of love, you live in this euphoric state to where everybody you look at, you just go, ah, oh, oh, I just love them. Oh, and I love them. Oh, and I love you. Oh, no, I, you, I love you more. No, I, oh, no, I love you more. Oh, I just love everybody. <laughs> and, uh, and then other people who actually live in the real world, they, they, they say, man, I don't feel like that. <laughs> I guess I'm not spiritual at all. No, listen, that is not that's not the truth. That's not the way it goes. Love. Tell me what love is. God is love. Love is not a feeling. Love is not an emotion. And that's where people are mixed up because they think, well, if I don't have the feelings, then I don't have the love. People that God chose and put together and joined together and were in love and married and come into covenant. A little bit later, they think because their feelings change, well, I don't love you anymore, so we got no, we, nothing is here to work with. Everything's totally feeling-based in their mind. Honey, feelings change. Your feelings change like the wind direction in Oklahoma. <laughs> huh? Your feelings, oh, brother, have you not found this out by now? Your feelings are nothing to build your life on. They're up. They're down. They're over here. They're over there. You feel good? You know, and you can tell, uh, those that are immature, listen to little children and teen, teenagers that are not spiritual. They're always talking about how I feel. Well, I just felt this way. And I didn't feel good today, but I felt really good. And then you got 50 year olds still talking this way. And so they, and then they act like they feel. I just don't feel good today. Y'all pray for me. I'm, I'm, uh, kind of under the weather. I don't know some, some way I, I, you need to grow up. Get up. Get yourself by the ear. Come on. If you have to find some toothpicks and prop up each corner of your mouth and say, I will rejoice. Amen. Didn't say, I feel rejoice. Come on, help me out. What, what, what is it? I will. Not I feel. I will rejoice. It's a choice. It's a decision. And, and that's the way walking in love is. So you're walking in love the strongest. When you feel like slapping somebody, <laughs> but you don't, you don't, you do something nice for them and you don't feel like doing something nice for them at all, but you do. And you feel like giving them a piece of your mind and just telling them exactly where to get off and what they can do, but you can catch yourself in mid Mid, mid sentence. You can catch yourself. You can say, let me tell you one thing. God loves you. <laughs> and so do I. And I'm going to go over here and pray somewhere. We'll talk later. <laughs> can you do that? Can, can you? That's walking in love. Not doing what you feel like doing, but choosing. To yield to the love of God that's inside you. Let's say it another way. 
Choosing to do what you know is the right thing to do. Choosing to say what you know is the right thing. If you didn't know any better, it wouldn't be sin to you. If you weren't born again, hadn't been to church, hadn't heard all these series. (laughs) But you have been. And you do know. And so to whom much is given, much is required and expected. And so the Lord knows you know better. And how many times? You know, it'd be hard to find a person in here that hadn't missed it in this area. Something came up and you knew, don't say that. You knew something came up. You're in the middle of something and you knew, you know, you're all ready to say something and you know, no, don't say that. But no, (laughs) you had to have your little say. So you say it and you, and oh man, it's like the Bible said, beware of contention and strife. It's like when water breaks out of a dam. How many know when there's a little spew coming out? That's not time to hit it with a sledgehammer. Right? That's dumb. And yet that's exactly what people are doing. Strife is starting. Contention is starting here. This would be the best time, the easiest time to shut it down. Just shut it down and stop it before it gets started. But the problem is when we override what we know to do, now we have stepped out of the light and we've stepped into darkness and we've, we've pulled away from our fellowship with love. Did you hear me? And we knew what to do, but we didn't want to do what we knew. And so if you don't want the truth, what else is there to believe and say and do? There's only lies. And so what you do if you don't, if you refuse what you knew to do and say, now you have chosen a lie and darkness over the truth. Remember we read the scripture, men love darkness rather than the light because their deeds were evil. And you deceive yourself. It's a dangerous thing to ignore what you know. It's a dangerous thing to, to, to push away and reject what you know to do. It's not hard. It's not complicated. All we got to do is every day of our life in every situation we find ourselves in, do what you know. Do what you know is right. Say what you know is the right thing to say. Don't say what you know you shouldn't say. All you got to do is walk in the light. Do what you know. And if we will, what the Bible say? We're going to have fellowship with the Father. We're walking with Him. And if God's for us, God's innocent with us, who can be against us? And even if we are missing it some ignorantly, we're walking in all the light that we have. The Bible said the blood of His Son is going to be cleansing us. Cleansing us from all sin. Somebody say, thank you, Master. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. He said, In this 13th chapter, he said, you shall not commit adultery. Love wouldn't do that. You shall not kill. Well, love's not going to kill you. You shall not steal. Love's not going to take it from you. Love would rather you had it. Hmm? See, a a man or a woman, this has happened so many times, uh, it's happening somewhere today. Somebody somewhere is dragging a guy out of his car, shooting him. Why? Because he wants his car. He wants his money. Guy's losing his life. How much darkness is this person in to not realize that this car is going to be rushed in a few years and this money is going to be gone probably before the day's out and how precious this human being is that he's destroying. What darkness he's in? Can you see this? What darkness he's in? Stealing. Love won't steal. It absolutely won't. And of course your faith works by your love. So faith says, I don't need to steal. God will give me my own. Right? And love says, hey, if anybody needs to wait on theirs, I'll wait on mine. I want you to have yours now. I want you to enjoy this. And faith says, hey, they make new ones every day and the new ones are improved. I'll get mine right away. No problem. And if it's six months or a year, that's not a problem either. Right? Love 
is selfless. Love is giving. God so loved the world that he gave. He said, if briefly there's any other commandment, it's, it's comprehended. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. Love works no ill to his neighbor. Therefore, love is the fulfilling of the law. Love is not going to hurt you. Love's not going to hurt your brother. Love's not going to do anything to hurt your money or to hurt your relationship or to hurt your family. And God is faithful. Even when we're not seeing the big picture. Everybody awake, are you listening now? Uh, even when we're not seeing the big picture, have you ever seen it to where you start to do something and the Lord would let you know, no, that'll hurt them. That'll bother them. That'll get in their way. That'll interfere with them. Now, before you didn't see it and didn't realize that, now you do. Right? And once you realize it, should you walk in the light you have? Now you got to change your plan. Now see, everybody's got flesh though, and people say, well yeah, but I got bills, and I gotta have mine, and this is business, and, and hey, it's a dog eat dog world out there. Yeah, but you're not, you're in the world, but you're not of the world. You're not dog eat dog person. You're a sowing believe person. You're a walk in love. More blessed to give than receive person. You're a giver. Not just on Sunday morning in the offering. You just are a giver. You're a giver. Somebody say, I'm a giver. I'm a giver child of a giver God. I'm a love child of a love God. See, love gives. God so loved the world that he gave. No strings, not demanding, not asking for trade. A gift. Free gift. Somebody say free gift. Why did he do it? Because he loves us. That's it. Because he loves us. He wanted to see us free. He wanted to see us blessed. Turn to Isaiah. I'm thinking about closing. You know, Paul said, finally, brethren, he was only halfway through Philippians. <laughs> well, if you ever noticed that or not. <laughs> Isaiah 58. Now we're talking about walking in the light, aren't we? Walking in the light. Can you see today that when you're talking about walking in the light, what else are you talking about? Walking in love. Isaiah 58. And uh, five, he said, is it such a fast that I have chosen a day for a man to afflict his soul, to bow down his head as a bulrush, to spread sackcloth and ashes under him? Will you call this a fast and an acceptable day to the Lord? You know, we were talking about uh, useless prayer a few minutes ago. About the guy praying with his son. Here's useless fasting. The Lord's saying, what do I care about that? What you're doing. You know, there's a whole lot of praying and fasting and preaching and carrying on that the Lord just has nothing to do with. It's just people being religious. And you know how you can tell what's not God? If it doesn't have any love in it. Did you hear? If, if it doesn't, you're not trying to help people. You're not trying to uh, help people's needs be met or, or help them, you know, get their sins forgiven. If it's just me trying to develop my spirituality, that's got nothing to do with God. Because developing spiritually is developing in love. They are the same. Keep reading. He said, is not this the fast that I've chosen? He said, if you're fasting, this is what you ought to be fasting about. To loose the bands of wickedness. Undo the heavy burdens. Let the oppressed go free. And break every yoke. That's what we're interested in. Amen. People getting free. Amen. People getting loosed. Amen. Loosed from every habit. 
loosed from every sin, loosed from their past and their condemnation and their guilt and shame. Can you hear the heart of God? Do you, do you have it in you? Is that the love of God that's in you? Wants to see everybody get free. Everybody get saved and healed and filled and thrilled and blessed and happy and rich. Everybody. Everybody. Isn't that where we're going? That sound like heaven? Yeah. And he said, thy will be done on earth. Just like it is in heaven. We can have a taste of it here and now. He goes on to say, is it, verse 7, Is it not to deal your bread to the hungry, and that you bring the poor that are cast out to your house? Uh, when you see the naked, you cover him, and you don't hide yourself from your own flesh? Now, now hold that place, and hold that in mind. Go to First John, where we were going a while ago, in the... Uh, Third chapter. 3.14. He said. First John 3.14. We know. We've passed from death unto life. How do we know it? Because we love the brethren. He that loves not his brother. Abides. Lives. Stays in death. Whoever hates his brother is a murderer. You know that no murderer. Has eternal life abiding in him. Hereby perceive we the love of God, because he laid down his life for us, we ought to lay down our lives for the brethren. But whoso has this world's good and sees his brother have need and shuts up his bowels of compassion from him, how dwells the love of God in him? My little children, let us not love in word, neither in tongue, but in deed. Does this sound like being a doer of the word? In deed and in truth. And hereby we know that we're of the truth and shall assure our hearts before him. For if our heart condemn us, God's greater than our heart and knows all things. Now keep this in direct context with what you just read. If you have resources and ability and your brother's in need and you knew in your heart that he had a need and you had something to help him with it and you're supposed to do it. And you don't do it. Then you didn't walk in the light that you had. And then your heart will condemn you because you didn't walk in the light you had. And he said, listen, if your heart's bothering you, wake up. God knows it. Right? He already knows everything about it. It pays to just walk in the light. Doesn't it? Why would somebody not reach out and be a blessing and help? Because of stinginess and because of fear. And because I might need that. I might need that. And that's not a lack of resources. That's a lack of faith. If the Lord deals with you, give your brother that $200. And you say, well, that's all the $200 I got to make it this week. Don't you reckon he knew that before he told you to do it? (laughs) And if you think, well, I, I, I can't. I got to buy gas. And I got to do this and the kids got to have lunch money. And that's only $200 I got. I can't. No, it's not a matter that you can't. It's a matter that you don't have enough confidence in God that if you did it, you did what he told you to do, he could get that back to you by the time that you needed it. That's the problem. Did you hear me, friends? It's not a lack of resources. It's a lack of faith. Oh, but when love dominates you, your faith works freely by your love and you turn it loose gladly. Like Paul, you'll say, I will very gladly spend and be spent. And yet you're not going to run out. You're not going to come short because he's going to cause it to come back to you. Good measure. Press down. Shaken together. Running over. Like this proverb said, there is that that keeps giving and it looks like you'd run out. And yet he just increases and gets more. Somebody say, thank you, Lord. That's me. That's me. Thank you, Lord. Verse 21 He said, if our heart condemn us not, then have we confidence toward God and whatever we ask, we receive of him because we keep his commandments and we do those things that are pleasing in his sight. 
That sounds good, doesn't it? And this is his commandment, that we believe on the name of his son, Jesus Christ. And what's his commandment? That we love one another as he gave us commandment. Go back to Isaiah in closing, I think. Isaiah. He said this fasting, because you're trying to be spiritual, and you're trying to do all this stuff within yourself. He said, I, what kind of fast is that? He said, that's not acceptable to the Lord. He said, this is what you, if you're going to fast, this is what you ought to be fasting about. So we get the revelation, we get the direction, we know what to do, get everybody set free. Right? Get everybody set free. Not you hole up in your house and see how spiritual you think you can become. That's selfish. Isn't it? That went over like a lead balloon. (laughs) He said, verse 6, read it again. This is the fast I've chosen. Well, you know, if you're fasting, who would you be fasting to? Except the Lord. And if he don't like it, why do it? (laughs) Loose the bands of wickedness. Undo heavy burdens. Let the oppressed go free. And that you break every yoke. See, Religion, traditional religion and religion of men has taken millions to hell. And it is a substitute for the real thing. And it is devoid of, of this real love. It's depressed. It's condemnation. It's critical. It's judgment. It's rules and regulations. The real walk with God is the love of God. And the power of God. And it's about getting everybody free. <laughs> free from sin. Free from guilt and shame. Free from your debts. Free from your sickness. Come on. Free from your mess ups and your failures. Free from your relationship problems. Yet yeah, no matter what's happened. Let's get everybody forgiven and healed. And walking in love. And let's go on and do the work of God. This is real walk with God. This is real walking in the light. Not the stuff that people have made up. Now I want you to keep reading this. Verse 7. Is it not to deal your bread to the hungry? Bring the poor? Uh, seize those that naked? Cover them? Don't hide yourself from your own flesh? That's your own family? Then shall your light break forth as the morning. Are we still talking about walking in the light? You start walking in this love... What's going to happen? Light is going to break out around you like the morning dawning and your health is going to spring forth speedily and your righteousness is going to go before you and the glory of the Lord shall be your reward. You'll call and the Lord will answer. You'll cry and the Lord will say, here I am. (laughs) Now come on, think about this. You're walking in the light as he is in the light and your fellowship is so tight and close with him, something comes up in your life and you say, Lord, he goes, yeah, right here. Here I am. (laughs) You're not begging and seeking and trying to find him. You're walking in the light. You're aware of his presence and power instantaneously in your life. Oh, somebody say glory to God. He said, here I am. And I'll take away the midst of you, the yoke and the putting forth of the finger and the speaking vanity. He said, if you'll draw out your soul to the hungry and you'll satisfy the afflicted soul, tell me what's going to happen. What's going to happen? Then shall your light rise in obscurity and your darkness will be, I mean, the dark part of you will be like noontime. Mm -mm. And the Lord will guide you continually. He'll satisfy your soul in a bad economy. Drought. And he will make fat your bones. That's what Dave was talking about. And you'll be like a watered garden and like a spring of water whose waters fail not. Oh, somebody say glory to God. Say glory to God. Glory to God. Verse 14. You'll be a delight, you'll be delight, excuse me. You, if you delight yourself in the Lord, I will cause you to ride upon the high places of the earth and I'll feed you with the heritage of Jacob, your father. The mouth of the Lord has spoken. 
Can you see a picture of you not living for yourself? Of you not yielding to selfishness? Of you doing what you know? We believe in prosperity around here, don't we? We make no apologies for it. We believe God will bless you, bless you, bless you. He'll make you rich. But we're not preaching this just so we can pile up stuff at our house. Why do we believe this? Why do we preach this so strong? So that we'll have abilities to demonstrate the love of God on the right and on the left. Man, you hadn't had fun until you get up in the morning. The Lord says, I want you to fly over there and I want you to encourage them. And I want you to buy them nine suits of new clothes and I want you to pay off their car. And just tell them I love them. And you not say, Lord, I wish I could. I just wish I was able to. No, you will be able to. You'll say, yes, sir, and here we go. Come on now. Is that living life? Is it more blessed to give than to receive? For the Lord to be able to, somebody's praying somewhere, somebody's standing and believing, their kids need stuff, they need stuff, and, and, and God touches you because they're trusting Him. And he sends you and uses you to meet their needs. Take the pressure off of them. And get them freed up. Hallelujah. And let them know. Maybe the devil's telling them all, God don't even know you're here. He, you're here. You're going under. Your prayers don't mean a thing. And then he sends you. And it's obvious. God heard them. And God sent you. And he loves them. And takes care of them. That's walking in the light. That's true Christianity. That's the real God who is love. Stand on your feet, everybody. Oh, thank you, Lord. Lift up your hands and praise him some. Lord, we worship you. Lord, we give you glory. Lord, we magnify your holy name. Hallelujah. This ministry has been brought to you today free of charge by the partners of More Life Ministries and Faith Life Church. If you would like to help send this word to others at no charge, you can become a word sender today. For more information, visit our website at morelife.org.